Hi there. Thanks for dropping in. This is Dinny's Drum and Done from C3 Centricity. And I've got this week's podcast for you. It's called How to Beat the Competition in 2018. I bet that's a topic you're thinking about at the moment or probably every day you're in the office, isn't it? So this post will definitely give you some ideas and tips. Let's go. After the mid-year break, most organisations get into their planning phase for the coming year in earnest. Do you know how you're going to beat the competition in 2018? If not, then this article is certainly going to give you some clear priorities and tips on how to do it. Now, although business plans are usually developed and approved in the middle of the year before everyone heads off for vacation, it is only after they return that the real work begins. So, what have you promised your top management? Faster growth? Increased profitability? More successful innovations? Or a combination of them? Whatever is in your plans, now is the time to review them and decide the very best strategies and tactics for meeting them. So let's take a look at each of these objectives and see how best to meet them. Higher growth. As you know, there are basically only three ways to grow your sales. Get more people to buy, get people to buy more or get people to buy more frequently. What you may never have noticed before when reviewing these options is that all three approaches include the word people. And it is only by understanding them, your customers, better than you do today that you will be able to grow your business tomorrow. So how well do you know your current and potential customers? Do you know what they think about your current offer? Do you understand their needs, their desires, their dreams? Do you recognise what they really want but can't even articulate themselves? Uncovering these are what will give you a clear competitive advantage. Now of the three strategies, the first seems to be the one that most organisations immediately think about when looking to grow their business. They go out looking for new customers by increasing their distribution channels in the hope of getting more people to buy. But that costs a lot of money, doesn't it? CPG or consumer packaged goods companies, on the other hand, frequently encourage their customers to buy more through promotions and discounts. And this too takes a lot of uh, money and budget, doesn't it? However, it is now well documented that it is easier to increase sales amongst your current customers than it is to go out and attract new customers to buy. A 2015 study by Price Intelligently showed that a 1% increase in customer acquisition impacts your bottom line by around 3.3%. But improving your retention rate by 1% affects your bottom line by around 7%. In other words, it is twice as profitable to retain a customer than to acquire a new one. Even if you replace every customer who leaves by a new customer who buys, you end up with the same number of customers but lower margins because it costs more to gain a new customer than to keep the one you've already got. 
According to Thinkjar Collective, it is six to seven times more expensive to attract a new customer than it is to retain an existing one. To quote a comment in the excellent book Marketing Metrics from the Wharton School Collection by Paul W. Farris, Neil Bendel, Philip Pfeiffer and David Ribston, the probability of selling to an existing customer is up to 14 times higher than the probability of selling to a new customer. Therefore, it's clear that your current customers are worth far more to you than any new potential customers, at least today. Whichever strategy you use to grow your business, it involves knowing your customers deeply. Therefore, that is what you need to work on first. To do this, start by collecting everything you know about them and then store all this knowledge and information as a descriptive and visual persona. And you're welcome to download our 4W template if you don't have one of your own. Then get out and meet as many of your customers as possible in person. This could be by serving behind the counter if you're lucky enough to have a retail outlet or attending market research interviews, focus group discussions or by getting to know your customers by meeting them in their houses or going shopping with them. All of these are great ways to see the reality behind the numbers and truly brings your data to life. And the more you meet and understand your customers, the more likely you are to beat the competition. As long as you put all your learnings into action, of course. Increased profitability. Profit comes from selling your product or service at a higher price than it costs you to make. However, that doesn't mean selling it for a price that is just a percentage increase on your costs. There are two important things to consider in addition to the category pricing range. What value your customers place on your offer and what is your customer's lifetime value? To answer both these questions, you need information. Value-based pricing requires an understanding of what your customers value. With many product categories becoming ever more commoditized, price has unfortunately become almost the only differentiator in many, many of them. This is a dangerous strategy as I explain in the post Are You On Your Way to Brand Heaven or Hell? And if you haven't read it, I recommend it highly to get your pricing in order. Now, a much better way to compete is to identify not only the basic requirements customers are looking for in a category, but the small things that they value in addition. These could include sensorial elements such as a better perfume, a more appealing colour, a more elegant packaging. Rational advantages such as an easy carry handle, resealable packaging, reusable containers or emotional advantages such as club membership, preferential treatment, express service or postage. In so many categories today, the leading brands are not performing any better than their competitors. They just have a small edge in one or more areas that their customers value. Does your product or service offer a competitive advantage beyond price? If not, 
then I suggest you read the post How Do People Recognise Brands for some more inspiration. The second area of pricing to review is your customer's lifetime value. Sometimes a product can be sold at a price that is not at all or only slightly profitable. This is done because the company then makes money from the customer's continued loyalty. Think coffee capsules, razor blades, printer cartridges and game stations. In most of these cases, once you've bought the item, you can only continue to use it by buying the same branded elements, usually at a highly exaggerated price. This business model is called two-part pricing. The first item is sold cheaply and the second disposable item at a huge profit. Customers can't use the first without the second. Their only alternative is to buy a new product from a competitor. As long as that is more expensive than the replacement item for your current product, you will reluctantly continue to pay up. A further cost associated with this model that customers must consider is the cost of switching. Here, the cost is not so much monetary as time and energy to make the change. That's why so many software platforms are offered for free trial. They count on familiarity breeding contempt for the competitor's offer after the trial. For many, the hassle is just not worth the energy to learn a new system and again they pay up. The final cost for customers in switching is the psychological cost of doing so. After a certain time, customers are invested in their choice and switching becomes harder to justify. They don't want to admit even to themselves that they made a poor choice. So you see, pricing isn't just about cost for the manufacturer, it's also about the cost and value to the customer that really matters. More successful innovation there are many articles on C3 centricity about innovation, such as a customer-first approach to successful innovation and improving ideation, insight and innovation, how to prevent further costly failures. Both of these articles emphasise the importance of customer understanding and starting your innovation process with the customer. So what does your innovation process look like? Is it a funnel or a virtuous circle that starts and ends with customer understanding? Unless you have moved to the latter, your innovations are almost certainly not as successful as they could be. The two posts I just mentioned clearly lay out how you can move from a linear to a circular approach and then how to integrate the customers into your innovation process. That is why I'm not going to go into more detail on how to do it here. Read the previously mentioned posts for an in-depth roadmap to more successful innovations. At the end of the day, growing your business more profitably and beating the competition is simply about knowing your customers deeply, oftentimes better than even they know themselves. 
Do you know which area offers you the biggest chance of beating the competition in 2018? If not, then why not answer our short quiz? The C3C Evaluator tool will give you a clear indication of which of the four areas of adopting a customer-first strategy you should prioritise. And the summary report will give you exactly what you need to change. You can find the link on our website at the bottom of the blog post. Hopefully, this article has helped you prioritise your strategies and tactics for meeting your business plans and beating the competition in 2018. If you have another challenge, which I haven't mentioned, then let me know. Just add a comment to the bottom of the blog post. I will answer all questions personally, either in the comments or by personal email. So don't hesitate, contact me today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, bye for now.